everyone. Before we get started, we wanted to let you know about our venue consulting. We have broken up our offerings into four distinct needs, design, sales and client experience, marketing, and those all important SOPs. You can take advantage of one or all of these tricky spots for your venue. If you want to learn more and get a few more details, head on over to hustleandgather.com to see how we can work together and reach your venue goals. All right, let's get to today's show. So it was really frustrating when you would see somebody who would get all this like success or be asked to be on like a, on an interview or whatever. And you're like, I do like 10 times the amount of work that you do. Like that's how it felt. Right. And, and you realize, well, it's just because we're not good at promoting ourselves. Welcome to Hustle and Gather, a podcast about inspiring the everyday entrepreneur to take the leap. I'm Courtney. And I'm Dana. And we're two sisters who have started multiple businesses together. And yes, it's as messy as you think. We know that starting a business isn't easy. Because we've done it four times. And on this show, we talk about the ups and downs of the hustle and the reward at the end of the journey. And we love helping small businesses succeed, whether that's through our venue consulting, speaking, team training. We love to motivate others to take those big leaps. Or you could just use our misadventures to normalize the crazy that is being an entrepreneur. Because every entrepreneur makes mistakes. But we like to call those unsuccessful attempts around here. And we know it's just part of the process. And today we're talking just the two of us about last week's episode with sisters Eunice and Sabrina Moyle, founders of Hello Lucky, a creative design studio creating letterpress cards, children's books, home accessories, and more. All right, let's get started. All right. So I love that episode. So it was fun. Really fun. Yeah. They have yeah. such great energy. They do have great energy. Yeah. And they're like the cutest people they're ever. They're so cute. I know. I know. They're the prettiest smiles. So I think the there were so many things, but I think one of the big underlying things I loved about their story is how much their childhood shaped their business. Yeah. So how do you think? Oh, it sounded like they had an amazing childhood. I know. I was going to say, how do you think our childhood, but I like to say how your childhood, because we, as we've all heard from you many a times, is yours is very different than mine, <laughs> shaped our business. Well, and I think our parents are always kind of like entrepreneurial in nature. Mm-hmm. So there is always, I think our reasons for pursuing entrepreneurship were different, but there always kind of was mm-hmm. an underlying entrepreneurship yep. bug. Like our mom growing up, when we were born, actually opened a daycare, started mm-hmm. in her house and grew from there, ended up buying a couple of buildings, renovating mm-hmm. it. She ended up selling it, I think, when we were like seven or eight to her business partner. Yeah. Um, but had grown it to be a pretty sizable daycare, like 80 to 100 kids. I know. In my, my memory, there was a ton of kids. Yeah. In my memory, there was a ton of kids mm-hmm. and many like workers and yep. teachers and all that. So I kind of started early on, like just being in that a kid, a kid of an entrepreneur. Like we always got up early and we, I remember mm-hmm. her business partner would come pick us up and we would go get donuts, donuts on the way in yes, and yes. all of those things. Was, uh, we were like community kids. So I definitely think there's that. That's mm-hmm. one aspect I think that um, shaped our entrepreneurship journey is I guess seeing someone be able to have a dream about a business and put the things in place and make it happen and make it a reality. But then also like our particular business in hospitality and like celebrating people, I think came from our grandmother. So I mm-hmm. think that also shaped like kind of who we are. Like I love decorating and while my grandmother and I have very different like decorating and design styles for sure. I just loved the intentionality of it. I loved the intentionality of like setting a dinner table. I loved all of those things, which kind of came from my grandmother, definitely mm-hmm. not our mother, but like translated, I think well to like the event industry. She used to go all out for Christmas every year. She would take everything. It was weeks long process, take everything out of the house and she replaced it with Christmas decorations. It was always such a big deal. Christmas was a huge celebration. 
in our family. In fact, like our kindergarten class is talking about kindergarten went on field trips to her house for during Christmas, like mm-hmm. as a field trip. And she would have all these cookies set out mm-hmm. and she would host us all. And, and I think that really is what started our like hospitality kind of hosting bug. Mm-hmm. What yeah. do you think? Well, I mean, I definitely think those things were like kind of ingrained in who we are, but I don't know if I, I don't, mine's like not as like fluffy, I guess. That, That's fine. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Fluffy. I don't, th- I think that, I don't even think it's about my entrepreneurship journey. I think it's just about being an adult in general. I think I always had to prove something to somebody and prove that I was like good enough. And so I think that part of opening the business was proving that, that I could do this, that I could be super successful. I think I realized early on in college, going to school to be a teacher, people are always going to say to your face like, oh, you know, it's amazing, like how wonderful it is you're a teacher and like more power to you and I could never do it and blah, blah, blah. But no one actually supports teachers. Mm-hmm. And so I felt like there's, it always looked like, oh, well, you're just a teacher. You know what I mean? Like it was yeah. never going to be like anything significant in my mind, which is not correct. I mean, I know that's not correct, but it's how I thought about it. So I, I felt like if I was going to quit teaching and quit this super like. And go big or go home. Yeah, like this very admirable, give back to the community kind of job. It has to be something that's amazing. Which is really interesting because Sabrina said the same thing that when she first started the business coming out of Stanford Business School, that she felt like she had something something to to prove. Yeah. Yeah. I really resonated with that a lot. Oh, really? Yeah. She has something to prove, certainly. Not because I went to business school. (laughs) Right. Not at all. I don't know. I just feel like I said to prove myself to be worthy of, of anything really, you know, in life in general. I definitely, I've never had that entire, and I don't, I don't mean to sound like snotty about this, but I've never felt entitled to anything. I've never felt no, like yeah. I deserve this because of, I don't even like, I deserve this because of my hard work. Like I can't even say that to myself. Like I don't look at something and say, well, I deserve this because of X, Y, Z. Like I don't mm-hmm. feel entitled to success. I don't feel entitled to the money that we have. I don't feel entitled about anything. Yeah. Like, and that's the thing that like I, why I do not, I rail against being called a millennial so much. Cause I'm like, I am nothing like the stereotype of a millennial mm-hmm. at all. No, I mean, I don't, I went through the steps, so I don't feel entitled. I mean, I know it wasn't like a gift handed to us mm-hmm. for sure, but I don't know. There was definitely points in our business journey that I felt like I had something to prove, like at that moment. But did I go into business with something to prove? No, I thought it was going to be an amazing idea. I thought it would be fun. I really thought it was a way to entrap you in my life forever. Mm-hmm. And that worked out. And uh, <laughs> like for me, there was a lot about our business that was pursuing it with you. Yeah, it wasn't my thing. I mean, it wasn't not a factor of it, but it wasn't the factor of it. Yeah, no, but for me, it was probably a much larger factor yeah, of yeah. it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember when we, Dana and I were always close. Like, mm-hmm. we we were, there's probably like a year or two, I guess, between high school and college or whatever. But it never, like, there was never animosity. There was just no different locations, right? Different times spent right. in different spaces. But always spent summers together, always did things together. It was probably my high school years that we weren't close. Right, just because you were but, doing your thing, you right. know. But then we got close again when I was in college because I lived with you for half the summer. That's so. right. So it was unavoidable. Mm-hmm. But I remember her telling me that 
she wanted to go into the Peace Corps. Yeah. And well, I was like semi-envious of that because, I mean, that sounded amazing to me. Like yeah. I've always thought that would be amazing. And my life just wasn't going to go in that direction. It was mm-hmm. clear at that point. But I was thinking, like, I just can't imagine you being that unattainable for, like, three to five years. I know. We almost did it. We went to, like, the meetings and everything. And the, honestly, the only reason why me and Sam didn't do it is because they couldn't guarantee a placement if we were married. Like, together. Together. Yeah. Like, we would have to be okay with spending years apart from each other and, like— yeah. I don't know, maybe that was silly at the time, but you're like looking back, I maybe could have done that. Yeah. <laughs> it would have been fine. <laughs> I don't know. I don't I know I wouldn't take back that time, mm-hmm. obviously. Um yeah. but yeah, that was the main reason. Yeah. But so I think there was like part of it with that. And I just I don't know, like somewhere like in my gut and I do think that I am a very visionary and intuitive thinker. Mm-hmm. I just knew it would be successful. Like mm-hmm. I just knew that this is what we should do. Mm-hmm. So I had a lot of confidence walking into it. Yeah. But I didn't think I was trying to – I don't, don't know that I was necessarily trying to prove it. When things started popping up around, like especially like maybe other planners, and I felt like, why are they having so much success? Mm-hmm. Or there was other venues that I felt like were uh, growing at a faster pace. Then I felt like competitive. Like mm-hmm. I was like, I want to prove that we're the best or had the best idea or had, or had the best product. But it wasn't necessarily like an overarching thing I had to prove. I think for for us, what was really hard is we're not like overly demonstrative people. And I feel like the industry is very demonstrative. It's what do you very, mean? Like, I mean, it is like you. It's very self-promoting. Yeah. But a lot of times they do things the, that you have to tell someone, oh, I did this thing or I'm mm-hmm. doing this thing. And it's not like you just don't do it out of the goodness of your heart. And I, and I don't say people do it out of the goodness of their heart. That's wrong. It's like there's always this. I need you to know I did this out of the goodness of my heart type thing. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And there's so much of that in our industry. And we yeah. are so bad at that. Like we just – like I can't tell you how many drinks, dinners, coffees, lunches I've had with people in the industry. And I've never taken a single picture. I've never posted about it on Instagram. Probably 90% of the time that I go out with somebody, I'm not like, oh, can we take a selfie? Or not, I'm not saying anything's wrong with that. Or whatever. And, I, and every time I leave, I'm like, oh, I probably should have taken that picture. Mm-hmm. One, because it was a great time and not because I wanted to post on Instagram. Because I'm like, oh, it would be great to like pop up my memories or whatever yeah. for whatever reason. But like we just don't – we're not that way. Like it's not my first inclination. It's not the first thing that I think of. And I feel like for me it was like this – we were like these like silent ninjas in the <laughs> industry, right? <laughs> Like, people knew who we were and we were around, but people never saw us anywhere. Mm -hmm. It's like, do you actually exist other than, like, if I see you at an event? And for us, and I think it harmed us for a while. Like, it was it hindered our our progress and our success. And so it was really frustrating when you would see somebody who would get all this, like, success or be asked to be on, like, on an interview or whatever, and you're like, I do like 10 times the amount of work that you do. Like we're like so much more successful as like snarky as that sounds. I'm not an asshole, but um, that's how it felt. Right. And and you realize, well, it's just because we're not good at promoting ourselves. Like we're not good at that. It's true. And it's embarrassing. Like even recently, and I, I, this is, doesn't even necessarily pertain to me. Dana has won NACE member of the year mm-hmm. recently, like 10 times someone said that in the past three days. That's right. From a national level, she's won NACE member of the year. And I mean, yes, fun, whatever. We were in Atlanta speaking, and our publicist happened who, to be there. Happened to be there, right? Yeah. And not because we were there. Just everywhere we, everyone she introduced us to, she said, "I have to brag on Dana because she, <laughs> she won did. NACE Member of the Year." 
And mind you, I'm not saying that I didn't feel like any sort of like, oh, I wish that were me. I don't wish that were me. Like there's not any tinge of that. But all I can think of is for collectively, I just feel embarrassed about it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. Like I'm proud of Dana and like everyone sure. should know this. But I'm like, why does this person keep bringing this up? Yeah. No, because because she's proud of it. And you should be. Yes. But it's like. It is. It's just, I don't, you don't lead with that, right. you know? No, I know what you mean. You know what I, totally I mean? know what you mean. It's like, uh, I said the other day, I was like, I feel like I need to change my email signature. To Nace member of the year. I mean, like, do you put, or like, or like, I, I was actually, I, I mean, I'm so proud of it. It's like such an honor. It really, and it, it is. It's so it's not deal. that at all, but it's really odd. It, it feels, because. But what we, do you say then? Yeah, that's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I, I, mean. I always say, yeah, it was a big surprise. And it was a big surprise. Yeah. I was not expecting it. Everyone's like, oh, I expected it. I did not expect it at all because I don't ever think that about myself. But no, I think that there is like this really great balance. And I love that. And I love that about Megan. And I love that about about people who can, who can make it. It's not about like you're walking around wearing this big neon sign saying, look at me, look at me, I'm amazing. But you can also say like, I worked really hard and I put a lot of energy and effort into this. And this is something I'm super proud of, yeah. you know? But I think like, even when I posted about it, I was like, I, I, I got the nomination for it. We did all the stuff for it. And then I didn't want to tell anybody about it because I didn't want it to come across that I cared. Like, we in the inner circle knew. Oh, I know. <laughs> and I've said that. And I said to people, and I and I said it to you, and I said to Sam, and I was like, I don't want to care, but I really, really do yeah. care. And I wrote that. I said, I didn't want to care, but I did, and I do care a lot. And there's something shameful that feels about About, about caring, needing recognition? Caring about the recognition. Caring about, because it is, when you think about it, that is the most demonstrative thing you could do is say, like, look at all this work I've done. And I did it out of the goodness of my heart. I truly did. It's literally volunteer work. It is moving, helping get people through this. It is all of these things. Like, there is, like, an entire application of what did you do this past year that makes you even think to be nominated for this. And you're like, well, this is all that I've done. And it's like, and I didn't do it for this award. That's not yeah. why I did it. I did it because I genuinely cared about the group and the organization. But then it feels... Like, I don't know, like, did I just, I don't know. It just, it's hard, it's hard to, to feel that way, I guess. I don't know, or to brag on yourself. For me personally, it's my, my uh, character flaw, I guess you could say. Yeah, I mean, I, I totally get it. I mean, I really do. Like, I felt the same. She wasn't even saying you won the NACE member of the year. It was Dana won mm -hmm. NACE member of the year. And I still felt embarrassed about it. Joe was even talking about me. <laughs> I didn't feel embarrassed about it. I didn't feel out of the way. I, I mean, well, I was I didn't know how to yeah. respond to it. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, are you like, yep, that's true. That yeah. did just happen. Yeah. <laughs> no, I think, I think it is just, yeah. But it kind of reminded me a little bit of like kind of a segue is when she said that the more able you are to detach yourself, the more successful it will be. Like sometimes... Mm. you get on your own emotional hangups about it. Even mm -hmm. if it's to the point of like this, like mm -hmm. you're like, I don't even talk about the award that I mm -hmm. accepted. It's awkward, you know, but the more detached you can be, in her case from her business, the more successful it is. And I think it's because you can have a more objective view of it. I completely agree. I totally think that. And I think that that is why... I think it's why leadership is so important mm -hmm. because I feel like a lot of times when you look at CEOs, people who lead big teams, and I think about us in this, 
we are more detached from the day to day. We are very detached from the emotions of our clients. Yeah. We don't, we're not in the middle of it. And, and while that is hard and you have to lean on your team more to understand that they're telling you something because of their boots on the ground and you have to respect that. Right. You know, but at the same time, you can take a step back and say, I'm not dealing with the emotions of the clients. And I feel like the decision you're making is an emotional decision. Right. And the reason why you want to change this policy or this thing is because of an emotional reason. Yeah. And it's not. Yeah. It's pure brass tacks here. It's this is the path we we should be going down, right? Yeah. And and there's very few times I feel like we have to correct the team in that way. Yeah. Like very few times. I feel like most of the time they're like spot on. And most of the time I don't I'm like, whatever. Like, I don't care. You know, but I do think that. And I think that when you start thinking about, I know you're smiling. I make sure you think about what I'm going to tell, what I'm going to say. Is it like you're thinking like just even something as simple as the conversation we were having today in the car about. I do feel like this is a way that you were going to slide in your opinion about our uh, customer experience. No, but I. <laughs> conversation, which I would like to say before we, before we move any further <laughs> along on this conversation, that I texted the team, post car, and I said, hey. We're going to put a pause, not that we were doing anything, but don't put any more effort into it. We're going to talk about the purpose and the values, and we're going to take a beat Yeah. Here. So right. I did. I, t- I put the pause out, and I thought that you made some very valid points. I'm not saying it's not what we're going to do, but no. I'm saying there are some valid points totally. that need to be noodled through. And that was the whole point of it. Is so Just, just to, get, to let you ca- know. Catch people up on speed here is that we, we do client experience gifts. And for many years, it worked fine. Like, we've, we've changed them. We've changed them up. Yeah. We've changed them to be a little bit more, like— uh, affordable in the mail, be able to give back a little bit more in the product and a little less in the mailing, right? Mm-hmm. And so we've kind of tweaked things here and there, but it worked fine. Well, the past year and a half, it has been working fine, mostly because we had the wrong person doing the job. And so it was like- So they weren't getting sent out. They weren't out. getting sent out till like months later and it just had a bad look and blah, blah, whatever. Well, we've since rehired for that position and that person's doing great. I mean, I want to 100% clearly say this person's doing a wonderful yeah, job. Yeah, we're fixing some things and yeah. moving forward. But it's, and- it's a slow, like, getting up to speed process yes, yes. because there is there were so many things that were done wrong. And so the team, uh, being a wonderful team that they are, were like, Want hey, their clients to have yes, their gifts. exactly. Totally on board. Yes. Understand it. Agree. And they wanted to change what was in it to be something more streamlined, more simple, something that they could just put in an envelope they could mail from the office. Because they wanted to take control over it. They wanted to take control over it. Right. And while the intention of what they were saying is because they wanted a more seamless booking to client experience process, 100% agree Mm -hmm. with, that the reason of it to be less of a burden and less cumbersome, I don't agree with, right? Because at the end of the day, to me, the whole point of a client experience gift is like, you just paid me $5,000 for half your deposit. Or some people, you've just paid me, I don't know, $13,000 for half of your deposit, mm-hmm. right? And I'm going to take 10 minutes out of my day. I'm going to write you a very nice thank you note, which they still said they were going to do. Mm-hmm. And I have I have this wonderful gift for you that I think is meaningful and intentional. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's annoying that I have to go to the post office and stick it in an envelope and mail it. But like, thank you for letting me, for being a part of our day, right? Yeah. That to me is like volumes of like customer experience, client experience, hospitality, all that stuff. Whereas to me, when you put something generic, like, thank you, no, here's a $5 Starbucks gift card or $10 or whatever. It's like, it's like money for money <laughs> though. It's like, I just paid you $5,000. you are going to give me a $10 Starbucks gift card. It just feels off. Yeah. Like it doesn't feel right. And again, 
if the whole point was if like the, the but that's not the the issue is not the actual what was in the envelope. It was the reasoning why we're making the change. The reason mm-hmm. why we're making the change is because you want it to be easier because you think that it's too much of a burden. And I feel like that that comes I think it comes across in that yeah. experience right or wrong whole point of it is saying is I'm not doing it, yeah. right? I'm fully detached from it. So yeah. there's one, there's me. I take a step back and say, I'm not the one doing it, so I can't make the decision right? because I'm not the one executing it. And we've learned that if I'm forcing someone to execute my plans, it doesn't end up well, so they have to buy into it. They need to make the decision ultimately. But two, I can offer an alternative solution to it and take a step back and say, like, I'm not in the middle of this. And I can tell you, like, non-emotionally mm-hmm. that – this is why I think this is a bad idea. Yeah. Right. Because I'm not emotionally attached to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I think that in the end, when you can detach yourself from the emotions of the business and look at it, is this a good business decision? Mm -hmm. Is this the right path to go down? Yeah. Or am I making this decision because it's easier because I'm too stressed out because I don't have enough time. Right. Right. Those are two different decisions you're going to make. Right. And that's what I think what happens when you detach. Yeah. Right or wrong in that example, I don't know. <laughs> it's me against like I, six other people. Clearly, so I'm, I'm not going I'm to e- lose. I'm also not emotionally deta- attached to it. I just FYI, well, I no, don't but, have but, emotion. No, about but it. the emotional attachment, which is I think valid in this, is that you is that I was over the phone, like I was I was remote in the in the conversation, yeah. right? And I had to leave early because I had a reason why I was remote because I was taking my son somewhere. And and then the conversation carried on when I wasn't there. So I think that when you're in the middle of it, I think with the team, you're hearing four different people agree on this thing. And mm-hmm. you're being like, oh, yeah. And I think, one, you're a get-along person more than I am. And, two, I think that you are a very – you were like, what's efficient? What's easy? Yeah. Like, that's my answer. Efficient and easy. Check the box. Yes, let's do it. Like, yeah, it's in our budget. It's efficient. It's easy. And you feel empowered to do it. Fine, yes. fine, fine. Right. Which I, I I don't disagree with. I think yeah. it's a great way to manage and lead people. But, but I, I mean, I but I, I do think, to your point, I mean, you made a valid point. And I feel like, you know, kind of getting back to, okay, but like, what's our goal with the Bradford? Right. right. And I think that that is a valid point, which was addressed somewhat, because I think the point of like, I'd rather make sure it's going out in a timely way than not going out at all makes it more aligned with the goal, but if we could, right. I think there are valid points on both well, sides. Honestly, it's the whole, the whole like kicker for me is like, we never had an issue with this for six years. Never once did we have an issue with it. We yeah, had an issue with it for a year and a half when we hired the wrong person to take care of it. So why? Yeah, but, we- it, but it, I guess for me, it just feels like in the temporary sense of the word, there's so much we're fixing from that already that it just feels like a lot, you know? So I, to streamline that till we are like, okay, that's is up to speed. Let's make sure something's going out and it's right. not adding to an already burdened situation because mm-hmm. I understand it's already right. burdened. But, so, but it's temporary. It's, it is temporary. And this right. could be temporary. Sure. This could be temporary You're fix. Having, you know, crappy client experience gifts for six months until we can get back to it. That's right. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> Oh, yeah. So, yeah, but I I loved how she said that. that The more able you're to detach, the Mm -hmm. more successful it'll be. And I think that that's so true. I do. I I think, I mean, I don't know. I just think that when you can, and I'm not saying you shouldn't trust your gut and you shouldn't have emotion behind the decisions that you make because I think there is some of that. But when you are making the emotion from different places of, like, stress, overwhelm, it's a whole different thing than emotion of, like, I feel passionate about this emotion. You know what I mean? But I think it also segued really well into what she was talking about kind of at that like pivot moment that how she had to change her definition of success. Like what was oh, she chasing? Yeah. 
Do you so know what, I what mean? definition of success are you chasing? Yeah. I have no fucking clue. I know. I definitely, I don't know. Like, that's what Sam says to me all the time. All What's the time. your definition of success? Like, when's it enough? Like, when is it enough? And Like, when are you doing enough or when are you going to f- feel like it's enough? When I'm going to feel like it's enough. Yeah. And and I've told him this past year, I've, I'm, I, can, I can yell uncle like it's enough, <laughs> right? I'm good. Can right. you? I can. I really can. I really can. I don't know. I, we had our um, banker come into the office. They're like, we have a proposition for you, but we didn't want to hire you. It's like, okay, it's just this weird email. And they basically asked us to be like on an advisory board for the mm-hmm. bank, which is like an honor yes, to ask. It is. Ask, and it's a big deal. And also, it's great networking. It's opportunity. Great networking opportunity. Mm-hmm. It'd be great to be able to steer steer the bank into products that would help our business. Yes, you know, yes, and yes, so I'm like, okay, it's, it's great. And it is like for. Sounded like it was four days or four events a year that you have to. It wasn't a lot. And Dana did look at me like, that's all you. Like, it's great. I want us to do that, but I don't want to be the one, which is fine. And I figured that made sense. But I, um, we walked around the Bradford and Hannah and Molly were there. And she's like, who are those people that you're walking around? And I was saying like, oh, it's the banker. They just asked us to be on this advisory board. And she was like, looked at me. She's like, you're going to do that too. (laughs) I was like. What? She's like, when are you going to do that? When do you have time to do that? This is our employee. And I was like, well, I mean, it's like four, four evenings a year. I don't really know. I, but I mean, I think it's a good thing for us and blah, blah. And she's like, all right. But I mean, I feel like you do a lot. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, it's valid. It's valid. And I, and I do, I do feel like I could definitely call uncle for sure. I don't, and I don't, and I don't feel like I'm like proving anything, but it's like, What's meaningful to me? No, I feel like this is a very great definition. So we've we've done like we did a talk at Nace Experience. We've so we've basically have created almost four different presentations in the past like three months. Yeah, that's not meaningful to me. No, but they're all and they're all good, mm-hmm. right? And and then we got this, we're doing this webinars and I emailed the guy, I was like, Hey, we have these that one's already prepared. It'd be wonderful if we could use one of these. He was like, Yeah, those sound great. Send over the details, but I'm really interested in this one. And it's a new one that we haven't like really like fleshed out fully, but it is a great topic. Yeah. That I feel like we really would love to to flesh out. And so I was like, Oh, and I was like, gosh, I was like, the right thing to do probably here is to is to flesh this out. And it and I think the reason being is that we're kind of newer in terms of like finding what it is that our, 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 I think we're really starting to hone in on our niche of like what we're talking mm-hmm. about and what we educate on. And we obviously can educate on tons of things, but this is the thing that we really love. But it's like we're doing these things, we're throwing these things out there, we're getting feedback, seeing what sticks. Like we're not afraid of that negative mm-hmm. feedback at all and say, oh, this was great, you should do this or change this. And the more like concepts and topics you can kind of throw out there with these different groups of people, one, it'll tell you, okay, well, like what we presented at NACE Experience, that crowd is very different to what we presented in Atlanta a couple of days ago, mm-hmm. right? Two totally different groups of people. And so you can kind of see like what's going to work, what's not going to work. And that's what I feel like we're doing right now in our business is it's like, okay, like let me let me put on this hat. Is this is this something that's worth like pr- continue on pursuing? This is like really going to move our business forward, has a great ROI, has a great personal ROI, mm-hmm. right? Like in terms of like how I feel about it and like my passion behind it. And I feel like that's where we are. It's like, that's where we are. It's like, okay, let me put my finger in this. Let me put my toe in that. Let me put my arm in this thing. And then like, which one am I going to mix it? Like, which one do I want to actually continue on to do? And I feel like that's where we are in our business, which we've never been in before. Mm -hmm. And I think it's overwhelming because you have all these opportunities that you're like, oh, it's a great opportunity. 
and I can say, okay, I can do this for a year. You know, like when we taught the class last semester, I was like, I can do this for a semester. I'm not guaranteeing next yeah. semester. Do I like it? Yes, I like it. Sign me up again. Mm-hmm. But if we didn't like it, I'd be like, that was a great experience. I loved it, but I don't want to do that again. Yeah. You know, and I mm-hmm. feel like that's where we are. Right. With so many things that it is overwhelming. Yeah. So I don't think it's like coming from a place of that we need to, that I'm trying to prove something or I'm chasing after something in terms of my success. Like what, like, or what my, what is my, what's the definition of success I'm chasing? What I'm chasing is contentment. Like what's going to make me content, mm-hmm. right? And it's not saying this is enough. It's saying what I'm doing is so impactful and powerful and is really like driving that values, that purpose, that mission that they talked about, which I totally loved. And they were like, this is what we believe in. Like this is yeah. truly who we are. This is why we're doing this. And it's like, okay, when I feel like I'm walking authentically in that path, whatever whatever it is is going to be enough. Right. And that's why it's not enough right now. Yeah. You know what I mean? But there's moments that it feels like there enough. Are moments. There like, are moments, but it's not like every It's every not every act. day. Yeah. But like for me, like the aspect of our business that I really love is I, and I think that you're intrinsically better at it, honestly, but I really love talking to people. Like I really love presenting and You think I'm inspiring. better at presenting? Yeah, I do. Oh. <laughs> you don't think so? I think I'm an, I think I'm a mess like getting up to it. Like, I'm like, why am I doing this? This is a terrible idea. Like, this is like, uh, like, this is like, I'm so, we're going to bomb this and be so terrible. And then I told Sam, I, it's like an out of body experience. I don't remember what happens. Hey, you do really well. I think you do really well. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. That's just, that's how I feel about it. I don't know what it looks like from your perspective when I'm doing that. I just know. I think I always I. thought you're a better speaker than I am. I've always said you were. That's why I always put you on panels. I'm like, I don't want to do it. Corny, get it. Well, <laughs> so I really love that because I love being able to, I love the after, like mm. where people are like, wow, that was really inspiring. Mm. Or like, I haven't really thought about that. Or I could really implement this in my business. And then I feel like I have, I'm adding value to somebody else. Mm. Like uh, there's something about all of the work because it is so much work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. It's so much time. Like we spend so much time. We're also perfectionists. So that's probably part of it. Like yes. we don't use the notes. Like we have to memorize it. I have to understand the content so I can ad lib on Like it's just so much work. There's probably easier ways to do it, but we haven't figured it out. So there's that, but the fact that like all this time and all this effort has resulted in somebody else having an aha moment in their business and they're mm-hmm. going to be able to take that and implement it mm-hmm. or they want to hear more or whatever it is, like it's meaningful to me. I'm like, yeah. well, that wasn't time that I lost. Now, when it flops or when I feel like I don't get that mm-hmm. at the end, I'm like, it doesn't feel meaningful. So mm-hmm. for me, like when we do like webinars or when we don't have oh, right. like it's that hard. feedback, it's really hard for me because yeah. I'm like, that just felt like an exercise in futility. Right. And I know how much time we spent on it and then yeah. just pisses me off. Right. But like I did the I did little mini web uh, wedding MBA webinar. Oh, yeah. And I did it. I just took like a section of something we did. Like I took like a really meaty section that we yeah. typically talk about. And I think that's super translatable to a lot of it. And the comments were so like affirming. That's nice. Like everyone was like, we want to hear more about this. Why mm-hmm. isn't, why aren't we doing this more? This is so true. Because it's, because ultimately I think like what we talk about is and you say it so well in our presentation is how we kind of like fell into leadership and being mm-hmm. bosses and like understanding like who we are. Like, I feel like that's truly our secret sauce is relating to people. Right. And like whenever I, like when we talked about like the generational differences and we talk about like appreciating people, we talk about knowing yourself. Like I feel like I can get emotional about it, not like in a sad way or like in like I'm going to cry kind of way, but like an emotional, like I feel like like an emotion behind that. 
because it's so true, right? It's so true. It's so true. That we just like kind of build these walls around these things that we hate about ourselves. And we're so afraid to like be authentically who we are. And it comes across very poorly in the workplace, you know? So, and I love that. I hope, and that's where I feel like, like when I look at people, it's not about, sure, here's a great hiring tip. Here's a great interview question. Here's how you retain your employees. It's like, can I make you a better person? Yeah. Like, can you be a better version of you? Because ultimately, if all of us are walking around in the best versions of ourselves, like how freaking amazing would the world be? Like, I love that. And, but anything that I do, I want to be successful at too. So there's like also that, like, I want to be able to do this thing that's meaningful and purposeful to me, Mm -hmm. but I also want it to be successful and lucrative. Yeah. Like it's, that's important to me because I, and I think, I don't know that it's necessarily proving it to anybody else around, but besides like validating why I'm doing it to me. Well, yeah. But I think that's one of the things like going back to their story too, that I loved that I thought was so, so powerful and so strong and like so inspiring was that they knew they weren't doing that. And they're like, this is too much. I got to take a pause. Like I need to take a sabbatical. I thought that was so brave. So brave. Mm -hmm. And what it did, it just totally rebalanced like their priorities, their values, like yeah. their intentions. And they've, and they, and you, they're, you can't see them, but I hope you can hear it through the voice. They are just joyful people. Mm-hmm. Like even them listening to us talking, I know, even them listening to us talking, like they just, you could tell they emitted joy. You know yeah. what I mean? Like they were just happy, smiley. And it's like because I feel like it's because they're walking in their true purpose. Yeah. And I love that so much. And so I look at it and it's, and it's really, and we've, we have joked, I don't know if we've joked, we've had serious conversations with one another. Like, do you need a sabbatical? Do you need time mm-hmm. off? And do you need to take a break? And yeah. one, one of us has said that to each other within the last 24 months of like, I just need a break, mm-hmm. you know? And there is times when I've like entertained the idea. I'm like, okay, if Courtney takes a break, it'd be really hard. Shouldn't it be hard? But like, I could, I could do it. Like I could, mm-hmm. I'd hire like a, a personal assistant <laughs> and I, I could do it. Like I know I could, because I think that there is, oh, I want that for you first off, but I also feel like I think there's so much value in the rest mm-hmm. sure. of it all. And like how much better yeah. would we be and how much more like on fire and like how much more momentum would we have yeah. if we had that rest when you needed it? Yeah, I don't feel that way so much right now. I'm doing right. okay right now, but there definitely have been times where I'm like, I am at a fever pitch. It's all yeah. about to blow. Right. And I'm the same way. I'm like, burn it to the ground, burn yeah. it down. Not necessarily my business, but probably more personal. I'm that way. Just like mm-hmm. light my house on fire, burn it down, starting over. Like I'm done. It's good enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, I totally agree with that. So I really love that. I thought that was super amazing. I think they are extremely inspirational people. Just yeah the way they pivoted their business, the way they leaned into who they were. And I really loved how they just recognized like the strengths of each other. And they kind of just, I don't know, trusted yeah. the other person so implicitly for like such big things. Like one just being like the creative director is huge. And then like, yeah, basically everything else running the business side of it. I don't know. It's a lot. Thanks, everyone, for gathering us today to talk about the hustle. For our episode with Sabrina and Eunice, we are drinking Sabrina's famous lemon drop cocktail. We hope you get the chance to make it this week, and cheers to pivoting. To learn more and connect with Sabrina and Eunice, you can visit their business on Instagram at Cards and at Kids, or visit their website, hellolucky.com. 
To learn more about our hustles, visit us on the gram at CND Events, at the Bradford NC, at Anthem.house, and at Hustle and Gather. If you're interested in learning more about our speaking, training, or venue consulting, head to our website at hustleandgather.com. Also, if you love us and you love the show, we would be more than honored if you left us a rating and a review. This podcast is a production of Earfluence. I'm Dana. And I'm Courtney. And we'll talk to you next time on Hustle and Gather.